The text for our sermon this morning is the gospel reading that we just heard when John the Baptist pointed at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Even though we too often seek the things of this world, Jesus asked the disciples, what are you seeking? Today, our text confirms that if Jesus is truly the Son of God, then our sins have been forgiven. We can be confident to spread this good news and not be afraid. We don't have to be shy, but confident. If we know the identity of Jesus, We know our identity. It was a short sermon that John preached, was it not? It was short but effective. Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, John the Baptist says, look, behold, look with more than just your eyes, but grab onto him by faith. Believe, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was short, but an effective sermon nonetheless, because it was the Word of God. It was more than just regular words, like how you and I oftentimes wish we could control people with just our words. But John the Baptist preached the Word of God, and the Word of God works. It's operative. And we pastor types, we put a lot of time, effort, and worry into our sermons. We're often tempted to think it's up to us to make God's word work. We're tempted to think it's our personality, our jokes, our stories, or even our eloquence that helps the word of God. That moves people to faith. But all of that is wrong. Church gurus, celebrity pastors, books galore all claim that you need to preach this way or that way. You need engaging stories, funny jokes. You need to relate to the people. Well, there might be kernels of truth to some of those things. Pretending to be geniuses, these church gurus and celebrities, their churches often suffer the same declines that all the other Christian churches over the last two generations have suffered, if not even more. Pretending to be knowledgeable, they are the blind leading the blind. God says his word will go out and accomplish what he desires. His word is a double-edged sword, separating bone from flesh. God's word is like a rain shower that brings life to dry and dead bones. John the Baptist, he knew this. So he wasn't surprised that people believed him when he gave his short but God-pleasing sermon. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God's word is effective because it's his word. This is how he chooses to work faith and sustain our faith. Faith comes by hearing, not faith came by hearing, but faith comes by hearing, continually comes 
Faith needs to be nourished. For pastors, for church gurus, for sermon experts, for those who've written books on the Christian faith, new Christians, even children, faith needs to be nourished and fed on God's word. It's not because God's word is insufficient to keep us in the faith, but because we are sinners in constant need of God's help. There's no deficiency in God, nor his word, but us. And so this short sermon, this short, wonderful, God-pleasing sermon, begins to build certainty for Christians. That in knowing the certain identity of Jesus, we then will know our identity. It was a wonderful sermon. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In that one short sermon, that one statement, John the Baptist summed up years, no generations, thousands of years of history behind him, pointing at Jesus and saying, look, there is the Lamb of God. But if you didn't know God's word, if the people around there didn't know what it, mean to, didn't know what it mean, meant to be a lamb, would they have known? Well, God's word works certainly when and where it pleases him. But last week, God spoke concerning the identity of Jesus, the verbal speaking from heaven at Jesus' baptism. It was a public declaration from God himself. There was the vocal, the voice, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then there was also the Holy Spirit who descended in the form of a dove. Today again, God is speaking, but it is by the lips of a man. Today again, God is speaking, for no one can claim Jesus as Lord unless it is given to him by the Father. So there was the divine public declaration of who Jesus is last week, and now John the Baptist is a witness to who Jesus is. The gospel is spreading. People are believing. But who cares? Who cares about Jesus as a lamb? I mean, what difference does that make for my everyday life and for the lives of others? People seem to live their lives just fine without knowing Jesus as a lamb. So what does it matter? Well, John knows why it matters, and his sermon teaches us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Who rights all the wrongs? Who reverses and changes all the things that have been done against us? Who brings justice? Who rights all the wrong I've done? Is death an unbeatable enemy? Does death truly reign? So, for the whole world, Jesus' identity makes all the difference in the world. The purpose of Jesus' coming is to take away the sins of the world that affect every man, woman, and child. This certain identity of Jesus as the Lamb of God <clears throat> who takes away the sin of the world, this then also gives us certainty 
of who we are. Because, you know, it's not that hard to see sin in the world. That's what I think each and every one of us are trying to avoid and protect ourselves from each day. Whether it be random acts of violence, or now the common call and the common sounds of public schools teaching children out of the Christian faith, It's not that hard to see that there is sin in the world. You might imagine that the Savior would come to take us away to a nice place, to take us away from all the danger and disappointments, to take take us away from those who are trying to teach our kids they can go from male to female or female to male, You might think Jesus has come to take away those who defend abortion and those who have had them. We might be tempted to think Jesus has come to take us away from those who lose their patience or get angry with their kids. You might think Jesus has come to take us away from those who get divorces. Has Jesus come to take away those who are anxious? those who are caught in the web of addiction? Has Jesus come to take away all the worriers, all the people who question their faith? Is it, behold, the Lamb of God, behold, the horse of God, who gives us a ride out of this world and separates us from all the evil? No, he's not a horse, but a lamb. Jesus has come not to take you out of the world, nor has he come to destroy sinners, but he's come to take away the sins of the world. And there's no qualifier there. He hasn't come to take away some of the sins, the easy sins, or the Lamb of God who takes away just the really bad ones. Or the ones, behold the Lamb of God who takes away those sins that we commit because we're in a moral quandary and there's no easy answer. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is a promise. It is a promise, a sermon anchored in a promise of a completed action that Jesus is the Lamb, the Lamb who dies the lamb who was previewed in all the lambs sacrificed in Israel because without death there is no forgiveness of sins. And so when John the Baptist confirms Jesus' identity, not only at his baptism, but now again today, if Jesus is the lamb, if Jesus has died, if he has taken away the sins of the world, then that means I know who I am. I am a sinner who has been died for. Because at the cross of Jesus, there were no exceptions, no loopholes, no compromises. God himself in the flesh died for you. And since Jesus' identity is confirmed, so is yours. Not 
as a sinner, yes, we are that, but Jesus is a Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. Your sins do not identify you. God doesn't see you according to your mistakes. God doesn't look at your sins. They're taken away. Your identity is as one forgiven. Every other religion in the world requires you to sacrifice to whatever God they advertise that will make you right with their God. Christianity is unique in that it's the other way around. God doesn't need anything from us, but God sacrifices his own precious son so that we can be certain we are right with him. Your salvation is sure because God did all the work. God did all the sacrificing and all the raising of his son, the lamb. That's what Christianity is built upon. The actions of God himself coming to us, being one of us, and accomplishing for us what we cannot do and oftentimes do not want to do. Jesus Christ came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He is God's lamb. Our confidence is in Christ, and since our identity is in Christ, we can be confident that our sins have been taken away, and this is the precious gift of baptism. It's not a work that you have done, but God works. Just as he declared Jesus his son for all to hear, you are declared in baptism as his child. And there's nothing left for us to do, because Jesus has taken our sins away. Therefore, we are saved by faith. We grasp on to that promise of forgiveness by faith. So when we have certainty of Jesus' identity, we are certain of our identity. If he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, then we can be certain we are forgiven. That certainty then moves us to boldness in our witness to this world. Because it isn't as if God came in Christ and is now far away in heaven, locked up. He asks us now the same question he asked those disciples that day. Every day, maybe, but especially on Sundays, Christ Jesus asks you, what are you seeking? After the sacrificial lambs were offered for sacrifice, they were cooked and eaten. The one who brought the sacrifice ate the cooked lamb, and it was considered a fellowship meal with God. You were once again in fellowship with God. Now, of course, the lamb is still, being, is still a meal. He's still being eaten. We see this in the sacrament of the altar. Jesus doesn't ask his disciples, what are you seeking, because he wants to know. Jesus knows. He knows all things. Jesus asks his disciples, what are you seeking, so that we would regularly reflect on what it is in our lives that we seek. What do you seek? We should seek this fellowship meal with earnest desire. This is the most important meal of the week. 
even of your life. What is it that you seek? For where your heart is, there is your treasure. This sacrament also teaches us how important it is to reconcile with each other. For a desire to be part of this fellowship meal also means we are in fellowship with one another. That we too, as Jesus has forgiven us, we forgive all offenses committed against us, no matter how ugly. The beautiful Lamb of God takes it all away. So as the disciples see more clearly who Jesus is, look how the text moves. As the disciples more clearly see who Jesus is, they find it all the more important to spread the news of who he is. You see that in the text. They couldn't help but tell others they have found the Messiah. They have found the one who takes away the sins of the world. He has done something about our everyday problems and that one lingering problem that bothers all people, death. We have the answer. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Short, but true. To give confidence to us pastors, church gurus, and church members, that he is still yet working through you. That he has given you a message, a precious declaration to share with others that he takes away the guilt of the world. He takes away the wages of sin, even death. So, dear friends, be confident. We see in this text that when we have certainty of who Jesus is, we have certainty of our identity as forgiven. And we have a certainty that strengthens us and moves us to tell others. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. May the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.